Let the church say amen. amen. Boy, a good singer like that this early in the morning. Can't help but put you in the right mindset, in the right mood. Make you appreciative and thankful to God for being his child and being a member of the church of Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you, Adore. Thank all of you for your participation. And as always, I say we thank God for blessing us to see another beautiful day of his creation. I always picture sunrises. I always picture the beginning of each day. I think about it as God sitting up in heaven. And the world is, is his canvas. And he takes out his paintbrush and began to paint different sceneries and different just stroking with the brush. And you know what? We're on the receiving end to enjoy the beauty of his creation. Every day is a different painting because every day is a day we've never seen before. And we should be thankful unto God for being on this time side to enjoy this wonderful blessing called life. Not that we don't look forward to something even greater and better because I don't know about you, but I do. I'm not suicidal, but I look forward to going to heaven. When you consider the other alternative, I look a whole lot going to heaven. Anytime over going to hell. So I enjoy the blessings that God bestows. And I encourage you, some morning, just get up early. When the sun begins to rise, just maybe stand out on your porch or stand outside and just listen to how the birds awaken. Listen to just how life begins to just, begins its harmony and its symphony. And everything just begins to come alive as the sun begins to rise up. Man, that's God in action. That's God in motion. I don't care what man create, God, man can't touch the creativity of God. And that's why I love sunrises because it is just so spectacular you see the birds and i even watch insects sometimes they just come to life and they get out there and start hunting and looking for food and things of that nature and guess what god provides god provides and that's that inspiration of reading thomas thank you so much how much more do you think god value us made in his image. He values us a whole lot. But we, believe it or not, we got to understand the true value of ourselves. God knows how much he values us. He created us. But do we understand how important we are in the sight of God? Second Peter 3 outlines and says that God is not willing that any man should perish. God's desire and God's heart is that every man be with him in heaven throughout eternity. Isn't that something that says a lot about the God that we serve? When you stop and consider all of the wrong and all of the things that we've done in life, and some of us probably still doing wrong, but yet God forgives. And his desire is still, I want you to be in heaven with me. That's a wonderful God that we serve. Amen. 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 
So think about that. And I, I encourage you. Maybe you say to yourself, well, I'm not a morning person. Just be one for one morning. <laughs> you might witness something and see something and experience something that might turn you into a morning person. Don't, don't be so caught up talking about what you're not. Be thankful if God allow you to see that day, right? Amen. Oh, don't tell, don't tell me we're having technical problems. Well, we'll do what we have to do. First Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6. The text was read into your hearing beginning at verse 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But, there's that word, but... You are washed, but you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God. In the church, at the church of Corinth. No, that's the wrong lesson there. It should, it should be effeminate. At the church of Corinth, the church of Corinth was a congregation that I love to relay and relate to as being a today's congregation. It has some issues. And when I say it has some issues, it has some moral issues. It has spiritual issues. It had issues, issues. The church at Corinth was raw. It, it, its members were just wild. And Paul had a duly obligation to challenge the congregation there and to, and to just try to awaken them to what is going on around them and in their lives. And here we find a situation in the previous verses in chapter 6. The church, if I could put it this way, was airing their dirty laundry. They were attacking one another. They had disagreements with one another. So instead of coming together in a spiritual mindset, instead of coming together in a spiritual sense, they ran to the outside. Asking, if I can phrase it this way, asking the heathens to make decisions on the saints. Let me say that again. Asking the heathens to make a decision for the saints, on the saints, regarding their issue. And that was just one of many issues that the church of Corinth had. We won't go into the fact that a young man took his dad, his wife. We won't go into the other issues of all the other types of immoralities that were going on. But there's one word in particular that throughout the years of being in the church, you know, I have noticed so many preachers, so many teachers, they, they would just fly by that word. And that word is effeminate. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right here in the Bible, the Bible said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He's asking a question to them. He said, Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate. I told you, the church of Corinth has some issues. The church of Corinth has some issues. God's organization structure for the family has always been husband, wife, children. And I'm going to explain to you why this is so important. Because society would have you to believe that women can do it all on their own. Society would have you to believe that two men can do it on their own. Society would have you to believe that two women could do it on their own. And society would also have you to believe that, hey, you can act like animals and just impregnate and go on about your business and leave children to raise themselves. Sad to say that's occurring so much. Not only in our city, but in our state, in our country, in the world. So remember this. That's God's organization structure of the family. The word effeminate is of a man having or showing characteristics regarded as typical of a woman. Unmanly. Derogatory. Example, his lips, lips and his handshake is effeminate. Reggie, you ever shook somebody's hand and they just had this flimsy handshake? <laughs> this is in the Bible, folks. Effeminate. Another definition, it says, of a man or boy displaying characteristics regarded as typical of a woman, not manly, lacking firmness or vigor. Lacking firmness or vigor. Lacking firmness or vigor. Remember I said God's organization of the family. Husband, wife, father, mother, right? Now I'm not talking about out in the world. I'm talking about how it's supposed to be as Christians. Because the world is going to do whatever they want to do. But I'm talking about the way God proposed it and commanded to be in his structure. And there's a reason why God declared to have both parents in the raising of children. Because there's a balance. There's a balance. Believe it or not, there are some things that women just can't teach a boy. Now, before you get offended with that statement, before you get all upset and you want to criticize and talk about Brother May, why don't you listen to the lesson? And why don't you pay attention to God's word and then you'll understand what I'm saying. 
There are some things a woman can't teach a boy because you know what? It's not in a woman to teach him. God didn't make a woman to be like a man. And God did not make a man to act like a woman. Can you say amen if it's the truth? The definition again of a man or boy displaying characteristics regarded as typical of a woman. Not manly. Lacking firmness or vigor. Hmm. One thing that stands out in my mind so often we see women raising their children, especially, particularly young boys. And if young boys are being raised by their mother and the father isn't in their lives, one thing that always stands out to me, and I've seen it so many times, you'll see a young man grow up. And he'll go into the restroom as he's growing up and getting older. And instead of going to the urinal, he'll go sit on the commode. Why is that? You know why. Because there are no urinals in the women's restroom, right? See, now y'all want to sit here and look at me like I'm, like I'm talking in the space. See, there's a need for a father to be involved in the raising of that young man. Now notice I didn't just say a man. Because just because somebody is a male, that doesn't mean they're a good example for that young man. That young boy needs a father to help raise him because there are just some things women can't teach a boy. So why is it when that young boy grows up, instead of him just walking over to the urinal when he walks into the restroom, he goes sits on the commode? Because that's what he has seen his mother do. And I'm not accusing mothers of being wrong or, 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 or being... I'm not, I'm not saying you're bad parents. I'm not saying you're being a bad mom. That's what you do. But you got to keep in mind that child being around you is going to adapt many of your ways. And they're going to pick up your ways and characteristics about you that can be detrimental to them as they develop. Let me put it this way. There's some cruel, mean kids out there. And don't think kids don't watch other kids. Rough crowd. Problem in our society is the absent father. The absent father. I, I don't care what, what, what color you want to bring up and talk about. The absent father. And it has and it still is destroying the nucleus of the family. It has left so many women in a position to believe and feel 
I can do it by myself. I don't need a man. I can raise these children by myself. Well, you might, you might survive to a point. You may raise them in a certain way, but you can't raise them the way God designed them to be raised. Amen. Without the father in the life. Amen. Young boys need their fathers. Why would, why would God, why would Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, why would he see it necessary to mention effeminate? Why, of all of the things that he's talking about, fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves and covetous, drunkards, revelers and extortioners, why would he mention effeminate? Because it's not anything new under the sun, folks. It's nothing new under the sun. People call it today seeking identity gender. And they come up with all of these different, what they call professional names. And some people now, they, they don't want to be called he or she. They want to be referred to as... Maybe uh, something. But folks, let me tell you something. God only created male and female. And God has made it clear in his word of how a man supposed to act and how a woman supposed to act. God has made it clear in his word what responsibilities a man has and what responsibilities a woman has. When you enter into the relationship of marriage, God has made it clear of who is to head and who is to submit. But in all, in all things, God has been clear about what he said. So the word effeminate comes up. And you ask yourself. Why would Paul even mention it? Why won't preachers talk about it? Why won't Sunday school teachers and Bible school teachers talk about it? Well maybe, maybe they fear. It may be offensive. Maybe they feel that people don't want to hear about it. Well, you know what? That's part of the in-season and out-of-season thing. Amen. The gospel isn't written and to be preached based upon your feelings and your mood, what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. Amen. It's in the book for a reason. And what happens in the family bleeds over to the church. So once again, don't, don't take it that Brother May is up here attacking people. Brother May is just telling you what the Bible says. Many, many women have found themselves in the position that fathers have walked away. Fathers have walked out. 
Or maybe the father was passed on. I don't know what the situation is. But many women may find themselves in the situation today having to raise a young man or some young men on their own. It does not neglect you of the responsibility of making sure some way, somehow, that these young boys don't turn into women and be walking around acting like women. Now, back, back in the day, a long time ago, folks would say, you just beat it out of them. Till they act up and straight right. No, can't do that today. And I'm not saying it was right then. It worked, but I'm not saying it's right. But it begins early. It begins early when parents... Parents see these traits. But parents don't want to come out of denial. But you're not going to correct a problem if you are in denial that it exists. It's just not normal in our society. And I'm just, this is just tradition. It's not normal for little boys to sit around and play with dolls. Now you can you can argue and debate and say, well, that's just a Western culture, culture and tradition, this and that. But we we know what that can lead to. Why would Paul mention effeminate? Why would Paul say, you know what, a a, a male or boy who has the characteristics and act like a woman cannot go to heaven. Why would Paul be so definitive about that? Because that's what he said. Be not deceived. What? He said, these people who commit these acts, they're not going to heaven. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So what, what do you do about it? What do you do about it? God's design was not for a woman to raise, shape, and mold. <laughs> I'm sorry, she'll be boy, into a man. It's not for the woman. When you look over in Titus chapter 2, when you look over in Titus chapter 2, Passage of scriptures over there where it talks about the role of the woman, the, the uh, seasoned woman, the elderly woman. To do what? To do what? Talk to me. To be good homemakers? What else? <laughs> well, I guess I'll read it for myself. Maybe, maybe that's the problem in our society now. We don't know what Titus 2 says. Anybody want to help me out? Titus 2? Huh? Say it. Say it. Teach the young women to love their husband. To love their children. Be discreet. What else? Chase. Keep us at home. Good. Obedient to their what? Own husbands. That the word of God be not what? 
blaspheme. It says that for the woman. Right? But it, it teaches young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded. It talks about the older men teaching the younger men to be sober. To teach them the, the, the traits and the characteristics and the, the godly things that a young man should know. But if we are going to be able to survive and honor God in the right way. We need to save our young boys. Amen. Just the other day, the United Methodist Church just had a major split at one of their big conferences. And a bunch of the churches in the United Methodist split because they said they just don't agree on same-sex marriage. They said they don't believe the Bible upholds and uh, approves of it. They're right about that. They might be wrong about all the rest of their doctrine. But they're right about that. So what they decided, they said, we'll just leave from under the umbrella of the United Methodist Church. And we'll just continue on some other way, somewhat, you know, somehow. Because, see, this is what we're on the pathway of dealing with in the Lord's church. If we don't deal with this effeminate issue. Not only will you raise up a bunch of young men who parade and act like women, but then you as parents are going to support them. Amen. Oh, I know you will. I know you. Because that's your baby. That's your son. That's your baby. And, and I don't know why the folks in the church got to be so mean-spirited and got to be so evil and treating my baby like that and treating my son like that. It's not the folks in the church. Amen. You need to go and read the Bible. Amen. So when you launch your own personal war against the church and decide you're going to leave the church because you refuse to step in and correct the behavior of your son. If God's word says they can't go to heaven living like that, why would you support it? Huh? What would be the difference in you supporting your son in that behavior than you supporting in Romans 1 where it talks about homosexuality? The unnatural behavior of men being with men and women desiring other women. And it said not only are the ones who practice such things in condemnation, but those who have pleasure. How would would that be any different in you supporting that behavior of being effeminate than being homosexual? How can you be a saint of God? Paul said, you know what? Let me get back over here. This ain't hard to understand, folks. Paul said, when you begin in 
He said, you're sanctified, justified, you're washed, redeemed in Christ. Verse 11, he said, such was some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. How can you be redeemed, washed, sanctified, and justified supporting wrong? Huh? You can. One of the major problems we face in this country, so many men, so many fathers are in the system. I don't have the time to really go into in depth about all of this, but my focus, I want you to stay on effeminate. Effeminate. The problems with the prison system only continue when one looks at the obvious racial and gender disparities. For example, while black inmates make up nearly 40% of the prison population, they only make up 13.40% of the total U.S. population. Native Americans represent 2.30% of the incarcerated population and only 1.30% of the population. But those are messed up numbers. 58.70% of the prison population is white, which includes Hispanic Americans. The problem we have in our society is the absent father. Now, how they end up in prison or if they've been murdered or whatever, I, I don't know. That, that, that's not the point this morning. Amen. The point is, how do you address and deal with that young boy growing up to make sure he don't take on the characteristics acting like a female? Well, his father is incarcerated and I don't have nobody. You have someone. You're just not looking in the right place. You have the church. But see, you don't want folks in the church dealing with your child because, I don't know, maybe you don't want folks in the church that really know what your mindset is. And I understand, Brother May ain't stupid now. You have to be careful about what men you have around your son. I'm just trying to hit on a little bit of all of it. Because there are some perverted people in our society. But not only perverted people in our society, some men will use your child to benefit off of you. He'll pretend, oh, he's so interested. He can be a good mentor for your son. He could pretend like he really likes sports. That joker don't care about your child. He don't care about no sports. He just want to hit you. And when I say hit, I don't mean violent. He wants to 
have sex with you. That's his plan. That's his goal. But and he know the majority of most women, you show affection and kindness to my to my cute little child. You know what? You got mom. See, we're dads made of a different cloth. Women, a lot of emotions. Dad, get out of here. That's why a lot of fathers are always being accused of being so mean and so so heartless. Not that they heartless and mean. They're just not women. I said it. They're just not women. And when you find men who wrestle with their emotions and can't be firm, can't be sound and making decisions, you, you, you know what the Bible just said? What did, what, what did that definition of that word say? Huh? What, what did that definition say? Oh, man, I lost. There we go. There we go. Of a man or boy displaying characteristics regarded as typical of a woman, not manly, lacking firmness or vigor. You hear some young boys talking sometime. Child. They, they picked it up from somewhere. And if we out in the, in the streets in the world can know something wrong with that, why aren't you as a parent aware of it? Don't they talk to you? I'm sure they talk to you. And when they say, child, or when they, or when they flaunt themselves, you know something, right? And what you need to understand, they can't go to heaven acting like that. Right. Barry Maiden said, the word of God says it. So if they can't go to heaven acting like that, what church are they going to support? Can't support the church of Christ. Well, who are y'all to judge? We're not. It says right here, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The word of God judge. I'm not going to beat a dead horse this morning on that. I just wanted to bring that to your attention. Because we got too many soft, sensitive, whining, crying Young men being raised up to that. Yeah. I'm not saying abuse anybody or beat anybody. I'm saying they need some help. Yeah. But before we can address and attack the problem with the child, we, maybe the parent need to be evaluated. Do you understand something's wrong with this child? Do you understand in accordance to God's word, 
This is not normal behavior for a boy. Now, if the parents don't have a problem with them acting feminine and all this, man, what can you do for the child? Let you be wearing your makeup. Wear, using your blush. Pain is there. Well, some of them are already doing that. Running, going to get more, more pedicures and manicures than you. And you don't have a problem with that? The Bible says effeminate, nor effeminate, nor effeminate. And, and, and maybe, maybe some other time, you know what it says right after that? Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. I'm telling you, Church of Corinth was off the chain. But it wasn't just the Church of Corinth. People everywhere. There are some sick, perverted people in our world. But regardless of how sick and perverted they are, God wants them to be saved. Amen. But here's the key. You can't bring that into church. You can't bring that into church. You can't bring that practice into the church. Amen. See, that's why there's a required step called repentance. Prior to you being saved. I'm not saying you can't seek help. You can't receive treatment to help yourself along the way because nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with seeking help and treatment. But prior to being baptized and added to the body of Christ, you got to acknowledge what you're doing is wrong. That's what repentance is, folks. I got to acknowledge that the path I've been traveling it's not the right path. It's not the way of God, but I'm going to deny myself. I'm going to do whatever is necessary and required for me to do to get on the right path and stay on the right path. I don't know why the church wants to duck and dodge all of these things about life when it's right there in the Bible. We talk about pornography. We talk about all these things. Why? Because it's real, folks. Amen. We talk about all types of addictions. Well, you know what? We need to talk about this type of behavior, too. Because there's nothing cute about a little boy acting like a little girl. Amen. There's nothing cute about it. If God frowns upon it, we definitely should have a problem with it. Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm going to go and close. I have to deal with this. I, I do want to show this. We got some problems in our world. These are just numbers from the federal prison. There's a lot of men incarcerated. 
A lot of men incarcerated. And a lot of these men got children before they went in. A lot of these men left young boys to grow up without their guidance, without their instructions. Man, behind a glass, behind a glass wall and that, that ain't the way to raise a family. And I'm saying as the church, we better get ready to step up. Because we got work to do. There may be some folks who might be offended about this lesson. And you might decide that, hey, if, if that's going to be your view on it, this is my child and I don't need you telling me. Well, that's your problem with God. But before you leave Locust Grove Church of Christ, know that we love you and we love your child, your son. And I don't care what true Church of Christ you go to. First Corinthians six is still going to read the same. It's still going to say nor effeminate. And if you don't do anything to seek help for your child and he go from effeminate to unnatural thinking, homosexual, Romans 1 is still going to read the same thing. It's unnatural. And he will not inherit the kingdom of God. So before you get offended and decide, I'm just going to leave. I ain't going to never come back. Just remember, the word remains the same. And whatever anger it is, we would love to help you with your anger, your issues. Because that's what we are, a hospital, a rehab, to help those in need. Because all of us have issues. And we're dealing with it. That's why we come to God. I hope I've shared something. To help you. Or maybe you could take it to go help somebody. But it's not, a, it's not a laughing thing. It's not a joking thing. The Bible said you cannot go to heaven. And when you think about the only other choice is hell. Hell is not a laughing matter. You're here today. I don't know what your situation is and where you stand in your relationship with God, but if you stand in need of a Savior, you stand in need of getting your life in order and turning it over to someone who can really lead you, guide you, direct, and help you along the way. Jesus is the perfect answer. He's the one. You're ready to surrender your will. And believe this gospel and believe these words that Jesus spoke. You're ready to repent of your sins. And acknowledge the way I've been going, been wrong, but I'm ready to do it God's way. You're ready to confess Christ to be the son of the living God. We're ready to baptize you for the remission of your sins. Mark 16, 16. 
Matthew 28, 19, 20, 1 Peter 3, 21, Acts 2, on and on. Scripture references of why baptism is necessary, is essential. Maybe you're a member of the body and you're dealing with some issues. It may not be effeminate, related, but it's sinful. God wants you to repent. And he wants you to cast all of your cares over to him. Because he cares for you. Stop trying to handle something that's bigger than you. If life was about you handling things on your own, you never would have needed a savior. Get yourself right today. Get yourself right. Leave out of here a better person than you were when you arrived. Knowing that you're in the right relationship, you're in the right fellowship, and that you're on the right road. That's straight and narrow. What's our song? 111. Yield not to temptation. Don't listen to the devil when we stand and sing. Get yourself right. Let us together stand and let us sing.